stick my toes in I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen Internal explosion my toes in, I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen, internal explosion. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Benny J. And yo, it's your boy, Mr. Crispy Cream in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, season two, episode one. Yes, sir. Can you believe we're already back here, Chris? We, we, we back in the lab, man. But a couple months, right? A little bit, a little bit. 16 episodes, season one. Please, if you haven't checked out our channel yet, go back and check, check out, out some of the older episodes that we've put up. So today's episode is something that I've actually been waiting for. This is an episode that is near and dear to my heart. There's so much to unpack in a short time because we've decided to make these episodes between 15 and 20 minutes just so that we can keep y'all's attention. Because I know that we lose attention span as we're recording them after that amount of time. So this ain't no Rogan podcast where we're going to go three and a half hours and then give you all the little tidbits. This is going to be a powerful punch. 15-minute haymaker. Blah! So today's episode is called Clingy. Mm -hmm. And if you see the little chameleon up there, this dude understands what it means to change colors. In, in different circumstances. So I'm going to share a little story about what it's been like for me growing up throughout my developmental years up to today. And it's going to be short and sweet, kind of like crispy cream. Yes, sir. Only if it's glazed. Bro, I go nuts for donuts, except yes, I don't because that sugar <laughs> be making me irritable. So clingy, going all the way back to my childhood, I was the kid that demanded everybody's attention. Even though I was actually kind of shy and timid by nature, I wanted people to love me. I wanted to feel connection. And every time I did it, a lot of times I didn't know if I was going too far. And when I went too far, what happened was people rejected me or started neglecting me, or at least that's how I would feel. And the more I would go, the more I would start wondering, who do I have to be in order to get you to love me? Who do I have to behave like in order to get your attention in a healthy way? So instead of going for the positive reinforced type of attention, I ended up getting a lot of the negative attention. But the reality was I was getting something. So I just kept going. And over time, I realized, oh, my goodness, I really don't know who I am. I had some serious identity crises throughout all of my developmental years as a kid, and that went all the way up into my 30s. I'm 37 now. And it wasn't until about, oh goodness, three to four years ago that I started really collecting information that was helping me to make the turn, to start changing and realizing who I am and learning to be true to myself. This was an incredibly painful experience all throughout because I wanted so desperately to be in connection with these other people, but I didn't know how to just be myself. So as soon as I, as soon as my dopamine, my energy levels, you name it, wore out, I'd become depressive. And once I hit the depressive piece, oh my goodness, I don't think anybody liked me, but they tried to like me because they were being genuine while I was not. And in that disingenuine type of approach that I was taking, even though I didn't realize it at the time, I was causing so much damage to myself and to others. So I just say that to you to realize when we try to cling 
to other people and make them the source of our fulfillment, the source of our ultimate sense of being loved, we're going to be failed by them. And some of us are more sensitive than others. Here is a very sensitive individual. Some of us are going to potentially feel trauma from being rejected. And I definitely had a lot of that mixed with many other things that, that added to that feeling of being traumatized, that sense of being traumatized. So what I'm saying to you, and I'm going to kick it over to my boy, Crispy Cream, is you don't need to get everybody else's approval. People in your young, people in your youth are meant to be your caretakers. The people around you, you hope that they're going to love you. You hope they're going to take care of your needs. Because if you don't have your basic needs met, you're not going to grow into that self-actualized person that you're meant to be. One who understands themselves. One who can coach themselves in difficult scenarios. You're going to end up being a shell of who you really are. So we really do need that family system. We really do need those authority figures who play their roles effectively and do it out of love with the desire to leave that legacy with the next generation. I didn't get a lot of that as a kid. Mm -hmm. My boy, Chris, I know he got a little more than I did, but there's something about this generation now that's demanding a refund. They're saying, we don't want what our parents had. We want something different. And Chris and I are more on that. We're, we're, we're on that up and up type of thinking where we don't want to deny the new generation their, their desires. We want to help. We want to help them learn what it means to have a fullness, to find fulfillment. But the ways they're chasing right now don't add up to some of the stuff that Chris and I believe foundationally. So, Chris, talk to him a little bit. Yeah, man. Well, it's funny. You're talking about young folk. Yeah, I love my old heads, man. And I know you're like, where are you going with this? If you ever talk to someone like a, like a senior citizen, like I used to volunteer in a nursing home, the mm -hmm. thing that I love about them so much is that they just say stuff that's off the rails, but they know exactly who they are. Yeah. You know, they've lived enough life. They've been through enough hardships. They've seen so many seasons. By the time you get to talk to them, it's like, hey, this is me. This mm -hmm. is what I'm about. You either like it or hate it. I'm not trying to impress you. This is it. Yep. And it's something about, for some people, getting to older age, whether they have found themselves, they're confident in themselves. Mm. So they're not, they're not clinging to everything else. They're not clinging to this social norm. They're not clinging to this thought or this judgment. They're like, you know what? I'm staying the same color. This is me. Ride or die. Whatever it is. Yep. And um, I think about uh, Ralph Ellenson had a quote that says, when I find out who I am, I'll be free. And I never knew in high school when I when I was reading through quotes like that. But as a as a forty year old and having having lived a little bit of life, I realized that when you find out who you are, you're not being swayed by the wind, mm -hmm. because people are fickle. Um, people's moods change, their perception changes, their perspective changes, and if you cling to people who are always changing, you really don't know who you are. And so there, there is value in finding out who you truly are. And scripture also gives us some support. Uh, one of my favorite scriptures is in the Gospel of John, yeah. where Jesus talks about the true vine. Yep. And to super simplify what Jesus is talking about, you have two options. You either can cling to Christ mm -hmm. and you have life or cling to the world and have death. 
the part that's been hard for for me and others to reconcile is so if I don't cling to Christ, am I going to die? Mm. Not instantly. And we also have to think about there are different levels to life and death. So there there is death from the perspective of maybe not having fruitful relationships or not having certain opportunities being opened up. And so Christ, who came to give life and life more abundant, said, cling to me. Mm-hmm. Your identity is in me. Your salvation is in me. If you cling to me, you will have abundant life here yep. and then also eternal life, the best part of life in the life to come. And then, you know, Christ is not trying to ram it down our throat. He says, you know, you have a choice. I'm, I'm going to give you this advertisement, this commercial, so to speak. <laughs> But there's also another side to it. You can go the other route, but just know that that other route does not involve life. It involves closed doors. It it involves um, opportunities that you may not have, um, good opportunities that you may not have. Uh, you'll be missing out on the best part of life. Yeah. And so that's that's very practical. I mean, when when we're kids, you know, like you said. We're, we're clinging to different adults, yeah. different peers, different situations, and we really don't know who we are, what we are, what is our mission, what is our calling. We don't have yeah. a clue. Yeah. I mean, we're... How could we? We haven't, we haven't gone through enough to really make sense of what's really happening to us, in us, around us. It doesn't make sense yet. Yeah. I mean, when, I don't know about you. When I was little, I'm just trying to get juice and cookies. I mean... It's true. It's literally all... It's, it's almost all urge-based behavior. Right. It's just whatever reactivity we have to the situation is what's going to happen because our minds are still becoming developed through those times. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the danger about that, to speak candidly, you know, in, in my line of work during my day job, I speak to people and one of the questions I ask them is, what do you want to be when you grow up? Mm-hmm. And I'll ask adults this question. And there are some adults that are 40, 50, 60 that will say, I don't know. I don't know what I want to be hey, when I grow up. I didn't know. I didn't know. And, for, and honestly, I didn't know until probably 19 years old. Mm-hmm. And I, all of a sudden, I'm writing things down about feeling called to the counseling field. And then before I know it, I'm heading in that direction. No idea what I'm doing. And boom, here I am. Got my own private practice, mm-hmm. doing all these different things within psychology, counseling people. And God led me right into it. And I know that's not everybody's particular story, but the traditional method of, hey, go through school, get all of these different classes or, or, or fields of study in your mind under your belt, and then out of all these things, pick one. It's not that easy for a lot of us because we aren't sure and we might have a vast array of interests where we're running around looking at different things and saying, but that's cool. Could I see myself for 40, 50 years in that? I don't know. That's a fair thing to say. Yeah. I don't know. And that's 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 kind of where, where I'm at with, you know, as I'm talking to people, I'm not judging them. No. It, some people may not have ever been asked that question. They've just gone from resource to resource, one person to another person, mm-hmm. one YouTube channel to another YouTube channel, self-help to self-help. Yep. And they never really found out who they are. But just like that quote that I let off with, when you find out who you are, you'll be free. 
that freedom is mental. That freedom is spiritual. Mm. And when you're just like my, my old heads that I love so much in the nursing home, the ones that I talk to know exactly who they are. Yeah. And they speak with a level of confidence and boldness, knowing that here's who they are, here's what they're going to do, here's how they're going to do it, and they're going to live out the rest of their life. Dude, I love what you're saying. You're talking about the idea of what it looks like to be in chains, mm. but in the variety of ways that one could be chained. So imagine at physically somebody could throw you in jail and you're behind bars. You can't escape because your body doesn't have the strength. Your bones don't have the density or the strength in order to break through the metal bars or whatever is holding you captive. Now, mentally, it's funny because we don't think about this a lot because it's not a physical obstruction for us. It's not a physical barrier per se, but mentally, if we start to believe that something is impenetrable or something we can't get through, we're going to start to lessen. We're going to become so little in our thinking that we'll be trapped in that space because of the way we're looking at it, the way we're perceiving that thing, that idea, that person, whatever it may be, thinking it's much bigger than it really is. I think of David and Goliath. David was like, I don't care how big he is. I'm going to take him in the name of the Lord. It's going to go down like that. He didn't think small there. He said to himself, there's nothing that can stop me because the Lord has freed my mind to know that he is the God of the entire universe. He's the one that can handle anything and deliver me from the evil one, including this uncircumcised Philistine. To all y'all uncircumcised, I hope that doesn't offend you in a general sense. Bible talk. Bible talk. So let's get there. So let's go to the spiritual chains. Mm -hmm. We're all born in bondage. We're all born into the slavery of sin. It's not until we find Christ or he finds us, depending on where what camp you're coming from. It don't matter to me, really. Bottom line is that you end up in a relationship mm -hmm. with Jesus. He frees you. He sets you as a captive free, gives you an opportunity to break away and to cling to him. Boy, oh boy, I like to get close to this microphone. A little chin music for you. You're going to hear that on the track. But spiritually, you come dead. God gives you freedom through Christ. He washes your sins away through the blood that he shed on the cross. And he conquers the death so that he can actually offer you the victory through him. And then after you get the victory and you're no longer chained in sin, you can make a willful decision to start fighting against your flesh. All the urges, the passions, the wild desires that come from just being in this body. Paul, the apostle, refers to it as this body of death. Mm -hmm. When will I be free? Well, we'll be free one day fully when we are given perfected bodies that are no longer tampered with or broken by sin. What a beautiful hope. So check that. All of those possibilities for being in bondage or being chained up, enslaved. And most of the time, we're only thinking about the physical chains. Mm -hmm. Let's start opening our minds up and asking God, talking to other people about where is our thinking too little? Where can we expand so that we can start to conquer these things that make us feel weak or afraid? Yeah, man, you drop you're dropping gems right now, man. Mm. And you know, I, I go I go back to the choice because I think that's so important. Um, but to just add a little bit of flavor to that choice, uh, Jesus said what? that I came to to bring life or to give life and life more abundant. Yep. 
And when I was little, I used to think like, yeah, so in heaven, everything's going to be cool. But Christ said, I've came to give life mm. now also. And so when we think about that choice, you know, life, death, hot, cold, you know, it's these are mutually exclusive choices. I just want to make sure that we understand exactly what choices we have. Yeah. You know, that abundant life can start today, right now. And the interesting thing is it may not look too different from what you're experiencing right now. But sooner or later, there's going to be a job opportunity that pops up. There's going to be a relationship that you may look to get in. There's going to be a health crisis that you're looking for some type of resolution. Mm -hmm. That's where abundant life starts to really mean a lot more, yeah. mean a lot. It, it, may not, it may not impact you on a day-to-day -day basis immediately, but when you start thinking about your life decisions, your quality of life, your spiritual welfare, that's where that abundant life comes in. And so... You know, Christ said, I want to give you abundant life, but Paul says, you know, don't be lukewarm. Don't say, I want a little bit of Christ, a little bit of the world. Yeah. It's it's all in. It is all or nothing. Mixing those two things don't work. Right. They are completely separate. They're the spectrum of contrast, night and day. You can't be double dipping. Mm -mm. God don't like double dippers. Nah. No, I don't no. know how I feel about them personally. <laughs> Some of y'all don't care. I don't know, yo. I think I'm I'm Benjamin. I don't like the I'm not I'm not about the germs. But I I don't know if I'm Howie Mandel level, but I'm up there. I'll tell you right now. I I don't I don't like uh I don't like mixing those two things together. I like the fact that Christ brings purity. I love mm. that he brings the opportunity to be cleansed. It's like it's like Jesus is my ultimate Purell. Mm. Wow, dude. <laughs> Except instead of just being for my hands, I get straight up bathed in it. So my skin's a little ashy sometimes. Y'all can't see it, but it's it's true. It's true. I, I still need a little lotion from time to time. See, I can't unsee Jesus holding Purell now. What, what a <laughs> what a visual when I go up to communion. But but yes, that that is the choice that we have today. Don't be hot or cold. I mean, be hot or cold. Don't be lukewarm. Don't yeah, be somewhere yeah. in the middle. You know, be like be like my old heads in a nursing home. You know, solidified in your beliefs. You know exactly who you are. You have a very strong, um, in you have a very strong vision of yourself. Yes. And you know what we what we've been attempting to do last season, and what we'll continue to do in each season moving forward, is to paint this picture of being alive in Christ. Yes. You know, let let that be your identity. Um, I can sit here and honestly say that for 37 years of my life, I was dead. Now, yeah. life was good, had good jobs, good relationships, good opportunity, but compared to where I am in Christ right now, this new identity, this had been the best three years of my life. Granted, the most painful years sure. of my life, but I would never trade in this new identity um, in Christ for anything else. Dude, me either. There is nothing that compares to knowing Christ right. as your Lord and Savior. Nothing. And to my man, Crispy Cream's point, God has given us all we need. He's been our fulfillment. We can cling to him. He's the rock that doesn't move. He's the mm -hmm. rock that doesn't roll. Yo. There you go, man. So all in all, 
to sum it up, give your hearts to Jesus. If you don't know him, find him. Take a look. Reach out to him. Take a gander and pray. You bet on everything else, right? You're taking risk all day, every other day. Why not throw out a prayer and see what he does? If you're too proud to say a prayer and throw it up like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. There might be some blinding pride there getting in your way of doing something that might work. You might try all the other superstitious things, but yet you won't try one of the most orthodox approaches through prayer. Consider that. Think that through. I'm not trying to be harshly confrontational saying that. But if you haven't tried it, I encourage you to. Yeah. There's really no loss if it doesn't work, right? So that pretty much sums up today's episode, Clingy. Again, I'm Benny J. And yo, yo, it's your boy, Mr. Chris P. Cream, back here in the building. Mm. Yeah. And this has been Internal Explosion, the podcast. Thank you all for checking us out. Have a blessed week. Peace, y'all. I I know you feel good. You're able to do that again, man. Back here in the lab. (laughs) This is my laboratory. Didi, don't be stupid. (laughs) 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 All right, Christopher. That's all for today. Uh, why are you doing this? Is this an outtake or something? Um. Be real. I always be real. (laughs) Peace. See y'all.